to breakfast What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas It's weird brunch mm-hmm. yeah. Everyone's doing great We're <laughs> great good work. For loose context We're recording this the day after Mm. January 6th. That's right. <laughs> so the day after a bunch of psychos tried to uh, take over the Capitol. Domestic terrorists. Let's say that. That's even better. What? Revolutionary patriots. Please. Wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wait, you're going a little hard on that one. I mean. Part of me was curious to see, you know, okay, so the last time something like this happened famously was France. That this is how they pulled it off, right? Mm-hmm. And what France, what the French people did with their pitchforks and their and their Viking helmets and whatever they had, right, was take over a tennis court and declare a new government and immediately elect each other to be the new government. And then, like, <laughs> they had all these guns from the army, and they're like, "Well, we have the army now." And like, they had a country, they had a plan ready to go, right? Because they read philosophy books and had been talking about how they would run the country if they were in charge. I kind of wanted to see like, okay, you guys are in Congress now. What are you going to do? What's your, right. what's what, your yeah. idea? What, Make what you a got? law. Make a law. Because it seemed like what they were fighting for, correct me if I'm wrong, was just, you know, Trump being the president, which at the time that they did this, he, he was, he is. Definitely. So they just wanted to, America to continue. It, mm-hmm. Couldn't couldn't figure out what the revolution part was. Having I, a hard time with that. I mean, they will tell you it was, and then that's where they stop. <laughs> did you see the interview with that lady got maced in the face? And they're like, why did you go in there? And she goes, because it was a revolution. Multiple they, times. <laughs> they said it to the Animaniacs song because it fits in so perfectly there. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'd like to see what system of government you were planning to install. Uh, yeah. <laughs> God. It's been such a Fun fucking times. weird year. Like, this is the first year in my whole life where I've had to legitimately just, like, stop working. I mean, I guess since 9-11. But this year, like, three times, separate times, I've had to stop working and, like, focus on the shit that's really going on in the country it's just so so insane just like there's nothing else to do like it what's going on in the country is so crazy that me tweeting out social media promoting a show or something for my job is like bad because it's <laughs> it's interfering with the news. Like, I just, <gasps> my God. Yeah, this is the first time on a non-election night that I can ever remember sitting there with Google News open and refreshing it every 10 minutes and getting an entirely new news story yes. every single time. <laughs> it was yes. like, holy shit, this is happening fast. It's that was just, crazy. Well, it, ugh, yeah, go on, Lisa. Well, I feel like my whole night was like, oh my, did you see, did you see, did you see, oh my, I can't type it fast enough. It's all coming out at once. Uh, Yeah. 
this is our world. I, I definitely took a little stroll down parlor lane yesterday just to be like, <laughs> what are we doing over here? Mm-hmm. 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 I feel like parlor is like 50 human beings, 9,000 porn bots, <laughs> and then like 10,000 people just logging into parlor to see what the fuck is mm-hmm. going on in parlor. <laughs> yeah. And then trolls, probably a yeah. amount of trolls. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, my boss today was like i he's like this is kind of a you know maybe yesterday would have been a better time for me to say this but if y'all ever need to just log off for a mental health day, <laughs> i was like yeah yeah dude what? i did <laughs> i yeah. didn't ask yeah there it. were a few memes like that too like oh sorry uh, josh that i didn't respond to your email when you sent it yesterday when we were all afraid a civil war was about to happen yeah <laughs> well i just uh at at five o'clock i had my first meeting of the day i have a client in japan right now and um it's generally when we log in with clients we don't talk politics of any sort because you have no idea where people are coming from on that side of things. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, with our coworkers, we all get it. But like, and the very first question out of their mouth was like, are you guys okay? Are you holding up? All right. Not like we were in mortal danger. Like they understand that Texas is far away from Washington DC, but they were sort of like, we were thinking about you. Right. <laughs> and like what your country was going to be like today. And we were all like, Yeah. No, it was exactly what it looked like. We were watching it too. (laughs) Yep. You're right to worry. Yeah. But but we'll do good work for you right up until we're thrown into camp. We're still all in. Please don't pull out because of the country we live in. (laughs) (laughs) I will say. Okay. I have two things. One kind of bitch behavior to just go home when you're told to go home (laughs) two (laughs) uh what was two (laughs) oh so some of these guys and whitney i know i texted you this yesterday but some of these guys were really fucking pissed at the cops what happens if they wake up today and they're like oh fuck you know what a cab a cab Mm -hmm. i am on a cab Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, this flip, because when I was watching a Twitch stream of everything that was happening, like during the before the breach, but like it was starting to heat up, the uh, the chitter chatter, and this was like a left wing Twitch stream, it's like an embedded left winger kind of thing, where they were showing what was going on, was very pro cop. <laughs> All of a sudden, they were like, mow them down, call in the helicopter, right. strike your. And it wasn't like, you know, because that's what you would have done. And it was like, no, we're pro cop. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, please don't flip. I just, I just got good news to hating cops. I don't want to have to pretend I like them again. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. But I mean, at but the- I did like that video of a, a Proud Boys like trying to soil their blue line, thin blue line flag. Like like dragging it in the gutter as if there was like thin blue line flag etiquette that is going to offend thin blue line flag veterans. Like I don't know what they. But yeah, don't let it touch the ground. (gasps) Oh no, your fake flag has been desecrated. The firefighters desecrates our flag. Yeah. I also like the guy who sat in Pelosi's office and just laid his flag down on the on the bureau, letting it touch the ground. No, no. 
Was that the guy that had the fucking feet on the desk? Because that yes. that dude, I'll vote for yeah. him for president. That guy fucking rules. Yeah. My favorite was him and uh, dangling from the balcony like Eddie Vedder guy. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He right, was like badass. why didn't you just take the stairs? Yeah, <laughs> but okay. Well, if wearing practical gear, it just makes you want to. Yeah, do he's like, things, I want to. I want to repel down the inside of this, and there's just that that little old lady that they keep showing, mm-hmm. also who is just smiling with her tiny little American flag, like oh that little old lady. I haven't seen that lady really. Oh yeah, there's like a little old grandma who's like, "Hey, yeah, broke into the Capitol." Yeah, and, and it's like, it's like. I'm going to get a souvenir spoon. I thought this was Cracker Barrel. Like, she looks just like this <laughs> crazy little lady with, like, big glasses. And she's smiling and holding her little American flag. And it's like, these people yeah. stormed the Capitol. Outside of the Confederate flag guy who seemed genuinely angry. as I mean, maybe it was just the Confederate flag that made him seem angrier because those go together. Outside of him, though, like, and I tweeted this earlier, it seemed like all the other people who broke into the Capitol had major, like, we just locked the babysitter in the closet energy. And, like, we can go nuts in the house. It's a John Hughes movie. Right. Like, they were just goofy as fuck. It, and yeah. Yeah, the guy stealing the seeming podium. threatening. Like... It yeah. Just, I mean, but now the death toll is up to five people. Five people died so they could have a little rumpus room and in the capital. I, I, it's like, and Viking guy, it's like you can just wear that to a tour of the capital. Like, right. That was your Instagram goal. If, you know, you don't have to break in. That fucking guy. Yeah. Like everybody, every fucking guy. And girl and whoever. We're going to have to learn all of their names. All of these people are going to become internet famous. Some of them are going to like say shit on Fox News. It keeps them in the news. We're going to have to be sad that the lady who got shot was a veteran. Like it's going to be so obnoxious that all of these people who broke into the Capitol are going to become some level of internet famous, even though it's infamous. I feel like y'all are setting me up for my story, but I'm also really high. All right. (laughs) So... I What's your story? Um, well, welcome to Weird Brunch. Uh, welcome yes. to Weird Brunch. Welcome to Weird Brunch. Thanks for listening and tuning in. I mean, are y'all okay if I just... Do yeah. you want me to... Just, Lisa okay. Friedrich, read your story. Yes, my own. Ladies and gentlemen, Lisa Friedrich. Um, oh, I haven't heard that in so long. <laughs> are you okay? I'm not She's crying. so she's really talented, very good friend of mine. You're Stop. gonna love what she does. That's fucking me up. <laughs> Give it up for high as fuck, Lisa Friedrich. Keep it going for Lisa Friedrich. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> I'm gonna give you the light five minutes into your story though. So just please you know, do. Do it. I'm gonna this is this is this has the potential to be more chaotic than a typical free dog story. Uh <laughs> So we'll we'll just see how it goes. Um, but our little Viking man, um, not CJ Morgan, turns out. Uh, I I did that thing where I got really online and started digging around a lot and took some screenshots and found some things before they got deleted. Um, I did a lot of digging on our friend. Uh, Jake Angeli. 
and who is our Viking guy? Okay, the guy oh, wearing the buffalo okay. helmet thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The uh, the shirtless man wearing the buffalo helmet. So, first off, anytime something like this happens, I know I'm not going to sleep. Um, <laughs> Karina, what's your face? Sorry, I was just looking up his name spelling for the notes, and mm-hmm. it. I didn't know. Do you guys know that somebody who was just elected to the West Virginia House of Representatives was among the people who stormed the Capitol? Like an elected yep. representative? Yep. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, That's, okay, so tell us about Viking Man. It was a Viking Man. It was another dipshit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I Now I want to say something really fucked up that has nothing to do with anything. Okay, so... Um, so this guy clearly he is our he is the star right like he's gonna be the face of this thing him and old boots on the desk those are our two him, dudes boots on the desk and the guy who stole the podium and like was like ee! big smile oh yeah as he's walking out with it yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so this is Jacob Anthony Angeli Chansley I just found his real name minutes before this <laughs> podcast. Um, so he is also known as the QAnon shaman. Yes. Uh, I read mm-hmm. that somewhere too. He is 33 years old. He's from Arizona. Uh, and you can actually, I looked, I, I found his, where he lives and at his apartment complex, you can actually get a two, two for under a thousand dollars. So I'm thinking maybe I should move to Phoenix. <laughs> then you got to live in Phoenix. Yeah. But it has a yeah. gym and a pool. Well, uh, yeah. But I mean, it's a gym in Phoenix. So what does that smell like? And it's a pool in Phoenix. So what is that full of? Amoebas. <laughs> yeah. Um, you the might... answer to both of those is old person sweat. Mm. Oh, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also an appropriator of Native American culture. Uh, you, he's it's Shocking. yeah, it's like worse than a white woman at Coachella because this actually is uh, the cap with buffalo horns is actually a typical accessory of Sioux warriors. Um, yeah, I thought it looked more Native American, like he was trying mm-hmm. to steal that, than a Viking look. Right. I feel like the Viking helmets I said, were more iron. Yeah, I said Viking just because he's so white. Mm. He, he is and that's white. what it would have mm. to be. But no, apparently he doesn't think so, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so... He also, so his tattoos, you know, we saw a lot of those pictures of him flexing muscles. Uh, This included a triketra of Celtic origin, which I don't know a whole lot about. Uh, And then the Thor's hammer uh, and then a tree of life. Peace, Mm y'all. Again, Viking shit. Uh (laughs) Let me guess. Is he like into the superiority of... um white people you know i don't think so what i know he's hanging out with the wrong crowd then i know he's got the wrong tattoos wait why is is there all it's this 
Oh. Yeah, people who get those Norse tattoos generally trying to imply mm-hmm. something. Oh. Yeah. Don't tell C. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he's been uh, just a fixture at a lot of these rallies, like uh, to reopen Arizona businesses, you know, like during all of COVID things. He's also been at all of the rallies to. Uh, contest the Arizona election results because those six electoral votes meant the goddamn world to everybody. Really? Yeah. Um, As goes Arizona, goes the nation. Nobody ever said. I mean, (laughs) God. Um, (laughs) So in May, he was interviewed by AZ Central in Phoenix and showed his support for the way Donald Trump had been handling the pandemic, saying his response in creating some sort of press briefing every single day to help reassure Americans is a good thing, because I think people are worried a little more than they should be. If we look at the numbers and projections pushed by the media relative to what the numbers actually are, There's been a lot of hysteria that was completely unnecessary and it was put there by the mainstream press. Uh, That's sure. Uh, And that's what they all thought, right? They all say. Um, So he's also, let's see. He's obviously this guy like just has been hanging out at the Arizona state Capitol all year, just all all year. Uh, and he's just shrieking conspiracy theories, and most of them are QAnon specific. Um, and then over the last year, he's been just all over the country, which was a great year to do that. Um, <laughs> and this was at least his second time in DC. He was there for the protests following Joe Biden's win being called in November. And, um, A month ago, so in between then and now, a month ago, he launched an online crowdfunding campaign so he could participate in more pro-Trump events, guys. I got to go to more and you got to send me there. Look how fucking hot I am with my shitty tattoos and my... Uh, my muscle. I don't know why he was flexing in every single one, but wait, maybe I did. (laughs) Um, He's just trying to meet people. Yeah. I just want to meet a nice lady, settle down. So he, he was, his goal was to raise $800 uh, and it was going to help pay for his rental car, his gas, his lodging and other expense expenses to make it to DC and back for this, uh, the MAGA million March. I'm glad it wasn't he, anywhere close to a million. How many was that? Like, that showed up yeah. a couple yeah. yeah yeah enough to overwhelm a disinterested mm-hmm. police force but not too many to like clog traffic right i don't think that they overcame the cops anyway no the cops <laughs> let them in yeah i think they, they overcame a pantomime of coppery yeah it's a bunch of fucking yes. improvisers trying to make five bucks an hour <laughs> Uh, we should say the cops are crisis actors. Oh man! <laughs> uh, our boy Angeli with this crowdfunding campaign, he managed to receive one donation of fifty dollars. 
Hey, Aww. from his mom. Hey. Yeah. Um, For his birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, da, 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 da. okay. Uh, yeah, falsehoods that the election was being stolen. So some of what he's shouting out at the um, Arizona elections office. So he was kind of going between the state capital, the Maricopa County uh, elections office, just screaming that everything was wrong and that Democrats eat babies or whatever. Hmm. Prior to uh, joining QAnon, I don't know if this will shock you. Angeli was a small time actor voiceover artist <laughs> and singer. <laughs> a small-time voiceover artist. Mm-hmm. Man. Um, Some of the funniest people I know. Uh, true, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unintentionally. I found his... Good. Mm-hmm. I found his <laughs> backstage.com bio. Um, and then it was taken down just hours after the siege on the Capitol. Um, the website does say, I found that somebody was like, it says that he is skilled in singing, screenwriting. Mm-hmm. You love to see uh-huh. it. And public yeah. speaking <laughs> and oh, yeah. accents, among other attributes. Oh, God. Oh, my God. For president, please. Right. Uh, so in 2020, he did say that he wears the fur hat and paints his face and walks around shirtless uh, as a way to attract attention. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. He then said... He had to say that? I guess. <laughs> well, I'm sure that okay. they were asking, like, is this an homage to Native American? But, like, I, I will almost guarantee that his response was like, well, it's more, I'm just wanting attention. Um, He's honest. Yeah. Um, So then, uh, so it's like that thing where, you know, youth pastors do this shit too, or like, you know, uh, kids that are trying to spread the good word. You you do something weird so that people will be like, hey, what's up with that? And then you're like, well, Jesus saves or whatever. Like, thanks for talking to me. Yeah. And so he is doing that for QAnon um, and other truths that he says remain hidden. <clears throat> Ooh, exciting. He really knows how to stir the pot. I know. Uh, in February 2020, he was outside of a rally in Phoenix for Trump and he was shouting, Do y'all know who Q is? And said that Q was a government agent who wanted to take the country back from pedophiles and globalists. I have more on Q and on in a minute. Uh, and he was holding up a tattered sign that said, Q sent me. Q is a kind of a person. Um, and so a lot of people saw his sign of Q sent me and they were just like nodding like, hell yeah, dude, we get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brethren. Uh, he then was talking with um, a local publication and said, the snowball has been rolling and it's only getting bigger. We're the mainstream now. That terrifies me because of what it's not true. It's not true. And because of what 
QAnon like stands for and like some of their, you know, that group's thoughts. I, I mean, I, I think I've done a story on here before about the mom who got really into QAnon and like killed her kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. So best way to protect them from pedophiles. Yeah. I mean, it's the only way to really be sure, you know? Yeah. Um, so besides the government corruption um, that QAnon's talking about, uh, Angeli believes that the leaders have conspired to keep uh, huge scientific discoveries from the public so that they can maintain the system as it is. Man, it's all a system. We're in the matrix. Mm-hmm. He also... Uh, he said that he discovered much of what he, you know, much of this information, much of what he found from uh, his own research on the internet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was in his footnotes <laughs> of all of his dissertations. Yes. The internet. His, his, his peer reviewed thoughts can be found also on that internet. What do you know? <laughs> Turns, out, uh, Turns out. He was researching like the Illuminati and trilateral commission and Bilderberg and all that shit, whoever controls the world. Um, And then he was like, he's told this publication at a certain point, it all clicked in a way. He said, Oh my God, I see now the reality of what's going on. (laughs) Mm. Um, The Q movement, he said, he was like, you know, this is what validated everything I was thinking since back, you know, as far back as 2016. Uh, QAnon started in 2017. <clears throat> the well-known uh, QAnon evangelists, uh, along with others wearing QAnon paraphernalia that were inside of the Capitol yesterday, really pushes that this conspiracy theory movement is... M- responsible for the for all of the popularization of these voter fraud conspiracy theories um you know it seems like that was a big part of the people that were there yesterday um Mm -hmm. the and this is just like really freaking people out like researchers and um people that are smarter than me um they're all freaked out because i'm like this is just like this is America now and it's all just mis and disinformation. American politics is just like, you know, everybody on the internet. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, Angeli ended up yet last night talking to the Globe and Mail of Toronto. And um, this reporter tweeted out that, Angeli said the police had stopped trying to block him and the other Trump supporters and let them into the Capitol. Nope. Mm -hmm. After some time, according to this tweet, Angeli said the police politely asked him to leave. That sounds Uh right. Yes, it sure does. Um. So QAnon started in 2017. It's uh, the school of thought that there is a high level government agent with Q level security (laughs) clearance. Uh, 
and they've been unspooling cryptic clues about secret investigations inside Washington, D.C. Some of those investigations involve politicians running a child sex trafficking ring. Uh, So this, what happened was on the message board, 8chan, which is then 8kun, which I don't think exists anymore. Um, mm. A user named Q started like leaving these messages and saying these things about like, you know, I don't know, like Pizzagate shit. And um, they then Q became like more and more hands off. So literally threw this out there and then backed off and let people go fucking nuts. And so mm-hmm. as this Q individual or multiple people internet thing uh, backs off, people like Jake Angeli are like, oh, we can put a name and a face to you. Like you're the fucking shaman, dude. So he's considered one of the like leaders yeah. of, of QAnon. Um, so another part of this whole thought is that, um, like Trump is there is the savior that's fighting this deep state cabal of pedophiles and human traffickers. Um, and it's also, you know, the high ranking Democrats are all, selling these kids, whatever, and that Trump is just waiting to arrest and execute them. Okay. Yep, sure. <laughs> um, which obviously... Has 12 yep. days. Not, mm-hmm. not much longer to be able to do that. I yeah. I do. I love that, that it's like, and part of it is that he's lying in wait. Yeah, yeah. For what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> For like kids are getting <laughs> like an elf dude. on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. Like why are you lying in wait? Uh yeah, he's trying to build a case. You know, he's a good trial lawyer that Trump he succeeds in court so often, you gotta trust his process. Uh, um so hold on, I have a file on here. Cause I was like, this is my work computer. I probably shouldn't do this. So uh there's a thread on uh the forum city data one of their forums where someone said america now has a new leader his name is captain thornblood he wears horns on his head to signify his badass chief status he's our new and i refuse to read more because i'm not going to create an account to read more of this um Last night, I had his YouTube pulled up in a tab. I fell asleep. I was like, I'm going to come back to this. That is now taken down. I watched one of his videos, and he was in his car. He drives by some fucking drive through that's like, you know, regional. I didn't know it, but he's like, look at that symbol. It's right there. Doesn't point it out. Did not make it clear what the fuck he was talking about. And he's also like... um, uh, I don't want to default to Limp Biscuit, but like he clearly <laughs> still thinks that like Limp Biscuit is a mm-hmm. look, you know. Like, um, so I did though. I also had his Facebook pulled up, and I took a shit ton of screenshots from that because I was like, I know 
that like I can't, I'm not going to take screenshots of a YouTube, (laughs) but I can take screenshots of this shit. So I have a bunch of like the weird memes that he shared. uh, And then and those shits Uh, over to me since they're gone now. So I can post them when I post our stuff on Sunday. Yeah. I will. They're fucking wild because so much of it is like, this is hippie shit. And then so much of it is like, oh, what? Um, I did manage and I won't share this and you can feel free to cut this. Um, But I did find his uh, mother and his brothers um, and his I'm working on uh, this is where I was when we started recording. I'm working on a potential connection to a radio station. Oh, wow. But I'm not sure. Okay. That's, that's fun. As in like, he's on a radio station regularly or. No, I think some of his family right. is a big part of radio stations. Okay. Oh, uh, so there's some photos of when he went to DC and he's like laying on the, I have a dream um, concrete like block thing. And he is mm-hmm. laying on it with his thumbs up wearing a MAGA hat. Uh, he's got just so sharing so many YouTube videos from all of his QAnon friends. Um and then, oh, he also, this is the one I tried to watch. He's got one that's an Avengers story, Captain America, which like the SEO of that is insane for what you're trying to get because you're going to get it. Um, and it's the image is a chief with um, Captain America's arm or shield, I think, or it could just be a Native American shield that we stole, which is more likely. Uh, and then Captain America and then him shirtless, Hot. just staring at the camera. And it's so gross. It sounds wonderful. Yeah. Well, this was I, my favorite part is that you've got screen grabs of shit that won't last yeah. this 48 hour period as everybody starts to investigate it. So that was some like actual journalism. <gasps> what? Bravo. I like that. Investigative journalist. It's exciting. It's a freight check. That's right. It's there's some weird shit for sure. Um and I'm terrified I'm about to add one of his family members as a friend on Facebook because I've got them all. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah, just do it. They'll be like, oh, she's from Texas. She's with us. One of them, and I'm not sure if this is dad or uncle, but he's like, he's all Black Lives Matter, um, like super, like people are being really stupid about coronavirus. It's killing everybody. Like, mm. I, and I'm like, if that's dad, they're, they are not right. speaking. Oh, dad. Yeah. It has to do, it has to, it's, here's, here's the connection. It has to do with somebody who was, Fairly anonymous and then suddenly becoming world famous, but in a more positive way. Um, so we're going to talk about vanilla, speaking of white people, and um, the actual plant, though, and 
how it came to be. It's so expensive. Yes. So it's the second most expensive substance on earth by weight. (laughs) Okay. Second only to saffron. Are we including drugs? Sorry, second most expensive spice. There we go. By weight, second only to saffron. Yeah. I'm sure it, it definitely costs less than crocodile. Anyway, um, <laughs> vanilla, if you haven't ever seen actual like live vanilla stuff, is an actual, it's, it's a form of an orchid. So it's an orchid plant that flowers and then it grows these long beans. They're like banana-like beans. And uh, if you just eat the beans, they're like green colored and everything tastes like nothing. But when you roast it up, it releases a little chemical called vanillin. And that's, that's what makes cute. it a flavor. Isn't that vanillin. cute? Um, so it's just a little organic compound that's actually named after vanilla that had been discovered and was eaten by the native peoples of Mexico. And it was imported to Europe uh, by the Spanish when they uh, got there um, because it had been used by the Totonacs and Aztecs for ceremonies forever. So I ended up going back to the New World along with chocolate, which is those two have always been together, I guess, Uh, and tomatoes, chili peppers, and all the things we got from Mexico that didn't exist before in Europe. Um, So the thing about vanilla is it only grows naturally in Mexico and the beans are only present when it grows in Mexico naturally. So you can take the plant and put it in a greenhouse, take it to another place, part of the world where it's kind of like Mexico, grow the plant all you want. It thrives, it does great, but it never makes a bean. And that's because there's a special kind of bee that knows how to pollinate this motherfucker and no scientist to this day, 2021 has ever seen how the fuck they do it and isn't even really sure which species of bee in Mexico is doing it. All we know is that somehow, no, somehow some bee has figured this out and is pollinating this plant. And it only happens in Mexico. No, this is you and I. Now I'm going (laughs) to, it is, it is. There might be some hummingbirds involved too. They're still not no. sure. No, this is true. This is true. It's been true for 500 years. So the thing is, Spain, you know, kind of had Mexico, right? And right away, everybody went crazy for vanilla. Um, in the kind of 17th century, vanilla was believed to be an aphrodisiac, um, like uh, mm. an enema. Uh, and it was, they discovered it was really good with dairy. So it took off as a vanilla ice cream thing right away. In fact, the world's biggest consumer of vanilla right out of the bat was the United States because Thomas Jefferson popularized vanilla ice Thank cream. Thank you, Thomas. Yeah. Also real so, quick. But only... National hmm. Geographic hasn't gone out there and set up a damn camera to watch the bean. Yeah. Oh, there's more to this story. Okay. Don't worry. I'm... They've been trying. I actually have some of this information from National Geographic, so they're on it. Okay. Um, So, but you know, because it only came from Mexico and nobody could reproduce it, you know, in the 17th and 16th century, it was even more valuable then. In fact, Spain's 
wealth from its colonies, which everybody kind of understands, oh, it's from the gold that they plundered and silver. Yes, but really also the vanilla and the chocolate, which were worth the same by weight as the gold and the silver that they were importing. They owned the vanilla market and vanilla, like people are vanilla crazy. Until this guy in Madagascar, uh, well, not in Madagascar, but on the Ile de Bourbon, which is now called Reunion. And it's just this little island off the coast of Madagascar. So in 1841, at this point, they've been trying to grow vanilla everywhere. They've been growing it. They ran into this problem of like, I can't make it fucking reproduce. I can't get it to bean. I don't know what bees to throw at it. Nothing's working. Only the Mexicans have the beans. Don't you tell me what you're about and to tell me. Somebody in France gave it to this guy in Madagascar and said, hey, we, you know, because France owned that whole area, the southeast coast of Africa and all the islands off of it. And they gave it to this guy on Ile de Bourbon and said, here's a vanilla plant, do what you want with it. And he planted it and just couldn't figure anything out for 22 years. Uh, This guy's name was, sorry, let me make sure I get it right, because it's a pretty good name. And he actually ends up being a little bit of, not the hero of the story, but a hero of the story. Oh, by the way, vanilla was also believed to help you pee. <laughs> so uh, rich people, when they get a uh, kidney stone, which they didn't understand where that came from, would pay any amount of money mm. to have some vanilla. Hmm. So, uh, Ferial Bellier Beaumont owned a little plantation. <laughs> yes, Bellier Bellier, Ferial Bellier Beaumont on this plantation on Ile de Bourbon. And he was uh, just tooling around with one of his little slaves because he had slaves. Oh yes, of course he did. And one of his enslaved children, a 12 year old uh, slave from the mainland of Africa named Edmund uh, pointed out one of the vanilla plants. And he said, look, there's two beans hanging off that plant. Uh-uh. And fairy Billy Beaumont fell down like, holy fucking yeah, shit, same. I got beans. I got some beans. And he's like, oh, wow, beans. And Edmund was like, yeah, I made those. Mm-hmm. And he was like, say what? He's like, yeah, I figured out how to get him to, to make beans. This 12-year-old boy. And he's like, what? So apparently, this little boy, Edmund, was pretty bright, really smart. Even uh, his slave owner knew he was a smart guy. That's why he was walking around with him. He was kind of his assistant gardener. He was really good with plants, Edmund was. And he had just been learning from one of the other people on the plantation how to pollinate watermelons. And uh, what you do when you pollinate watermelons, if you don't have any bees around, is you just take the little male part of the watermelon flower and the little female part of the watermelon flower, and you rub them together, and you get watermelons. Uh, The problem with vanilla is nobody can find the male and female parts. This just isn't a real thing. It's a real thing. There's no vanilla, and bees aren't real. Done. (laughs) Edmund stared at the vanilla plant all day long and all night long or whatever. And he pulled it apart and he looked in it and he found some things and he looked around and he figured it out. The thing that no botanist at the time, and they had like the best botanists in the world working their ass off on this problem. The thing that none of them had realized is that vanilla, like most orchids, is hermaphroditic. Male parts and female parts hanging Mm -hmm. out in the flower together right next to each other. So while everybody else was trying to rub the dick vaginas against other dick vaginas and getting no luck, Edmund realized, oh, it's all one thing. 
It's just that for some reason, vanilla had also evolved a little condom that goes in between them and keeps them from touching each other, probably to avoid having some sort of uh, incestual bad genetic pass on. Mm -hmm. And that what bees and hummingbirds do is they take, you know, they know that they know that this is like you take it from one side and then you go to another flower and you put it on the other side, right? They figured out how to get the nectar in. People didn't figure that out. But Edmund said, well, if you just take this little condom out, you can push the two parts together and voila, beans all day, beans, beans, beans. And he just did it with a tiny wooden stick in his fingers. Boom. All of a sudden, Madagascar was the vanilla capital of the fucking world because vanilla grows like crazy there. And the French had lots of slaves, which the Spanish never managed to pull off in Mexico. So, boom. Ile de Bourbon is making lots of vanilla and everybody's going nuts. So, for about 50 years... um, Madagascar and Mexico and now parts of like the Philippines are making vanilla. And what's incredible is that Ferial Bellier Beaumont gave his slave credit for it. So he said, this is Edmund. His his last name is Albius now. He's free. I have freed him. And he is the inventor of vanilla pollination. And he wrote a big letter back to France. And he said, not only have I freed this slave, but we owe a billion dollar industry to this kid. Uh, he deserves a stipend. Damn. And to which the governor uh, wrote back uh, nothing. So he got no money. Um, but he did get credit, right? Now, uh, so they went from exporting no vanilla in 1841. By 1848, they're exporting 50 kilograms. Uh, 10 years later, it was two tons. 10 years later, it was 20 tons. And then by the end of the century, 200 tons just like it went from nothing to this giant industry that basically took over Madagascar. Uh, enter Jean-Michel Claude Richard. Jean-Michel Claude Richard is a French botanist who had been sent around by the government to various parts of Africa to find shit that could be stolen from their colonies and sold at a profit. That was his job. He claimed that he had gone to reunion to Ile de Bourbon, uh, four years before this discovery, showed everybody how to do it. And I guess the little slave boy was like peeking through a window, but really I was the one who discovered it. And of course, since he was a white guy in France, everybody's like, oh, okay, Jean-Michel Claude Richard, noted botanist and colonizer, is the inventor of the vanilla thing, and he deserves all the royalties and rights and fame and fortune that comes with that. Fuck that guy. And because he lives in France, he can actually. And he waited four fortune, years to do you know? this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. He was just and like, well, I was just keeping it myself. I was laying the low. The little boy so also waited four you know? years until trying it out. Okay. Yeah, the little boy. Got was, it. Got it. Yeah, wait until he was old enough to touch the sex parts together. Ferial Bellier Beaumont immediately when he read this publication wrote a letter saying fuck you my slave did like you weren't here i've got records you never showed up on this plantation uh there's no evidence that anybody had figured this out at all on the island and my kid can spell out exactly how he figured this out from the watermelon all the way down it's my boy and he wrote letter after letter after letter back to france and to his credit he was so insistent that yeah the credit to this day lends with Edmund Albius. It's one of the few times that a white guy did not steal credit for some little black kid's idea. 
So that's a little happy thing. Sad thing is nobody mm -hmm. ever gave the kid money for that and he died in poverty. Mm -hmm. uh, and in fact, spent most of his life in jail for trying to steal jewels because he was so impoverished. Mm -hmm. Sad story, but he does have credit for the vanilla thing. So everybody now, when you go to the grocery store, if you don't buy synthetic vanilla, because we have figured out in the late 1890s how to make vanillin synthetically, and that's what most vanilla you get is. But if you want to spend tons of money, you can get real vanilla, and it always says bourbon, bourbon vanilla, right? It's named bourbon vanilla not because it's sitting inside a bourbon, although there is alcohol in there to preserve it. It's because it's from the Ile de Bourbon. It's Madagascar vanilla. You cannot find Mexican vanilla anymore at all. It doesn't exist, even though it's native to Mexico and that's where it's natively pollinated. Because at the end of the Mexican Civil War in 1914, the war had trampled all over all the vanilla plantations and they got completely ruined. And before the farmers could go resettle and start building it back up again, some motherfucker uh -huh. found oil. Mm. And the only thing people want more than vanilla is oil. And so it's now all oil fields and everywhere where the vanilla's native habitat was is just Texas now. Um, and that's why all vanilla comes mostly from, oh, most vanilla comes mm -hmm. from Madagascar. Even though we could technically grow it right here in Texas and maybe even find That seems like one of those things that some random botanist is going to be wandering out nowhere Mexico one day and they're going to find a vanilla bean plant and then hopefully not kill it yeah. and figure out a way to oh, well and that Mexican vanilla there is a little bit of Mexican vanilla uh, that is coming back that is farmed, but the native Mexican vanilla is all gone. But when you go and you get Mexican vanilla ice cream at Amy's ice cream, that's why it's called Mexican vanilla. Damn, I love Mexican vanilla ice cream from Amy's with chocolate sprinkles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, real vanilla tastes mm -hmm. a lot better than vanillin synthetic. Uh, for reasons they can't figure out, just like they can't figure out, the, they still haven't figured out the pollinator thing. And people stopped really thinking about it once they figured out that you could just make slaves go peel out the condoms and push them together. That's Which, by the way, is still happening. Still? <laughs> <laughs> Madagascar. Yeah. Uh, slavery was outlawed in the Kingdom of France, and so slaves were all theoretically freed in 1848. But uh, Madagascar had plantations and what they pay to this day 18 cents an hour oh my all the god who make all the vanilla for the world and the price of vanilla vacillates between $20 a pound and $600 a pound depending on what the markets are doing like sometimes within a week it'll go up and down so you can imagine what kind of security mm -hmm. you need to guard plants you know, when you've got tons, literally tons and tons of plants worth $600 a pound, that's like gold sitting around. Uh, so people are getting machine gunned all the time. It's just like constant warfare. And one of the reasons Madagascar is such a war-torn nation is because all they got industry-wise is this fucking vanilla legacy of French colonization. And everybody's killing each other wow. for the vanilla. Well, and vanilla. 
I remember yeah. like some fucking recipe for something I was looking at making and it was like, get vanilla, two vanilla sticks, like the, and they come small, like in a glass tube kind of thing. Like when you buy cinnamon sticks and I mm-hmm. went to HEB and I was like, fuck mm-hmm. this. Are you kidding me? It's like $30 for one stick. And I was like, no, no, yeah. thank you. Yeah. It's what? really expensive like you can get adam's yeah. extract the little bottle and it's still kind it's, of expensive it's like seven or eight dollars but like mm-hmm. yeah vanilla yeah i have some vanilla bean in like an actual vanilla bean in my spice drawer that i bought like six years ago and i haven't thrown it yeah. away because i think i spent 40 bucks for that motherfucker to like just scoop out it's, a little bit for a recipe in my like right it's your child's inheritance days. now. Right? I invested in yeah. <laughs> <for> you. <laughs> it's going to be worth five hundred dollars someday. Here's this, here's this bean. Happy graduation. Exactly. It's planted in the yard. Wow. It'll grow to heaven. And well, my story doesn't have anything to do with anyway. vanilla beans, or I mean, it kind of does have to do with dummies which are my favorite type of person to talk about, really. Um, I love a dumb I love a good dummy. So, all right. This particular dummy situation uh, ended up happening in Australia. Yeah. Uh, New South Wales, to be exact. And all right, let's talk about it. So there's a guy, his name is Bert Hobson. It's 1935. He's owns this place called the, okay. So it's on a beach in Australia, New South Wales called Coogee. It's sorry. It's beach. Yes. Coogee beach. Right. Yeah. I've seen a lot of different pronunciations, but no, Coogee Beach oh. is literally the very first place I went when we landed in Australia, and it's amazing. It's beautiful. Is that, it's awesome. is that I will North say, of Snatch Island? The word Coogee is <laughs> an Aboriginal word, and it means place that stinks. So Coogee Beach, known for its stinkiness. So here we are, 1935 in Coogee <laughs> Beach, and our friend Bert is like, I have this huge aquarium, like this aquarium swimming baths pavilion, right? But it's not doing so hot. But what's coming up, there's a national holiday coming up. He His pavilion has a 400-seat theater. It has an aquarium. It has a ballroom. This place is fucking huge. There's an arcade. And he's like, I've got to, you know, like, I really want to do something to get people in on this national holiday. And uh, him and his son are fishing about three kilometers offshore, which is, I think, about one and a half ish miles uh, off of Kuji Beach. And they end up catching a one ton tiger shark. That's four meters long. How many feet long is that? What? Like 12? A lot. I'm, I'm 12? guessing 12. Yeah. 
and yes, yes, yeah. Wait, aren't tiger sharks usually smaller? Uh, or is that a different? Shark? Well, the tiger sharks are one of the big. Okay, they're not like great white big, but they're like they're decent size. They're like nurse and tiger sharks are pretty. They're like when you go to an aquarium, you and you see a big one. Okay, so at so the time like, back in the nineteen, shark, well, yeah. in so this is April. 1935 between December and April of 1935 four people had been killed off the coast of North Shore or in New South Wales by great white sharks and I went down the Wikipedia hole of shark attacks like fatal shark attacks in Australia and it happens way more than you would think it does like a a whole lot (laughs) so Especially because it was so many people in six months. Uh, Everyone's real worked up about sharks. And then Bert catches the shark and he's like, I'm going to throw this motherfucker in our aquarium. And people are going to come and they're going to want to see it on their day off. And so the day off is Anzac Day, which is kind of like Australia's Memorial Day. And people are like, Oh shit, did you hear that Bert got this gigantic like shark? Let's go see it. And everyone's like, "Hell yeah, let's let's go check this shit out." And so they go down to Coogee Beach to see the shark in the aquarium. And everything's going great. And what? I I just I love that they put the and shark in sharks, jail. I mean, I know great white sharks yeah. cannot be put into aquariums like they die really quickly and i think most sharks do but so it appears that so by the late afternoon that's kind of what's happening the shark isn't looking too hot it's doing some weird stuff it starts to kind of convulse in the water and then it starts puking it pukes up mm. a rat it pukes up a big bird and then it pukes up a what? human arm. And everyone's like, what the oh fuck? Nice. Bum, bum, bum. Bert's like, uh, y'all, okay, 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 okay. Everybody, it's just like, clear out. This is great. I'm going to go call the cops. They call the cops, and the police come, and they're like, yep, that's definitely a <laughs> severed human arm. But, I mean, this is a tiger shark. Like, they probably, like, Anyone know anyone who's been in a shark attack recently and lost an arm? Like, let's see. So despite the arm having been in this tiger shark for God knows how long and their uh, stomachs are particularly acidic, it was kind of preserved and there was a big tattoo on the inside forearm and the tattoo was of two boxers sparring. Okay, so the police are like, nice. On top of this crazy tattoo, we're pretty sure that this isn't like bitten off. Like this shit doesn't look torn. It's definitely been removed with some type of knife because this is like plain cuts. And they're like, God damn it. The shark puked an arm and now we have a murder on our hands. <laughs> so the newspapers run this story, of course. They put in a picture of the arm and 
two shakes of a lamb's tail, a guy named Elliot Smith is calling up the cops. And no, wait, not, it might not have been. No. Elliot. Oh, I can't. No. Sorry, I have to like reopen all my shit. But what's his name? Edwin Smith. Sorry, not Elliot. All right. Yeah. <laughs> It'd Edwin Smith calls up and he's like, hey, y'all. Uh, so my brother's been missing for a while. His name is Jimmy Smith. He used to be a boxer. And that totally looks like my brother's arm. And we don't know where he is. And the cops are like, OK, well, we're pretty sure that it's got to be this fucking guy. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Jimmy Smith. So Jimmy was an England-born boxer who moved to Gladesville. Um, he was into billiards. He was kind of like a good time having guy. Um, he was once a promising lightweight boxer, but that kind of fell through. And so he started learning how to uh, make ends meet by different methods of obtaining money. So he wasn't hanging out with the best people. Um, he was working as a builder in the early 30s and was uh, employed by, by a guy named Reginald Holmes. What a fucking name. So, yeah, oh Reginald. This is the most Australian story ever. There's a Bert, there's a Reginald, right? there's, I'm surprised the tattoo wasn't uh, so a guy being Jimmy is working for old Reginald, and they're making homes and building shit, but Reginald, who comes from, like, a long, wealthy line of people, he's also making boats, and Jimmy starts helping with these boats and things, and Reginald, of course, being the legacy of a bunch of rich people, is also a little bit shady. So he's operating a business in Lavender Bay, building speedboats now instead of houses. And he starts running cocaine drops with the ships that he's been making. And so they're taking in these cocaine drops and it's getting sold in the city. And Jimmy is helping him out with this. That's all going well and good for a little while. Um, and then Reginald is like, I've got this big fucking pleasure cruiser named the Pathfinder. Let's fucking take out a huge insurance claim on this and, or let's take out a bunch of insurance on it and we're going to sink it. And Jimmy's like, yep, I'm in. He was the head of, or he was the caretaker of the Pathfinder. They decide to sink the ship. Uh, something kind of goes bad. I don't know if they just ended up not getting the insurance money or Reginald just wouldn't get it over, give it over. But Jimmy and Reginald have a big falling out after the sinking of the Pathfinder. Um, Jimmy also has a mutual or a friend ish. His name is Patrick Brady. Uh, he was kind of in that team as well and knew Reginald Holmes and started forging checks for him. And so isn't that sweet? So Aww. there's these three dudes basically 
They're all kind of sh- shady. Reginald is the rich one. Yeah. If you can't tell. Naturally. Uh, so Naturally. Jimmy and yeah. Patrick Brady go out one night and they're like, let's get fucking hammered and party. And Jimmy's like, you know what? I've, I'm pissed at Reginald. I've kind of been loosely like extorting him because he is a prominent member of society and I have all this dirt on him and uh, whatever. He still sucks. And Patrick Brady is like, yeah, he does still suck, but uh, let's just like keep getting drunk, keep playing cards. And after we're all done, we can just go back to my house. It's a couple blocks down the street. And so that's what they do. They party, they go, they take a cab and go to Patrick Brady's house. Um, while there, though this has not been fully proven ever, we're pretty sure Patrick Brady was like, uh, I'm, I'm going to murder you, Jimmy. Um, and... Because he for why for the insurance well money? he never like, admitted to it so um, that same night Brady catches a taxi from his house to Three Bayview where Reginald Holmes lives. A taxi driver later identified Brady and named both of their addresses exactly and said that when Brady got into his cab, he seemed extremely disheveled and was clearly hiding something under his jacket. It was clear that he was frightened. So just after three weeks that the shark puked up Jimmy Smith's arm, Patrick Brady gets arrested in suspicion of this murder. But the problem is they only have the arm and they can't prove that any murder has actually taken place. So Brady's finally in custody Mm -hmm. and they go to Holmes's house and Holmes is like, I don't even know Brady. I don't know Jimmy. Uh, but he does something pretty suspicious. Four days later, he goes out on a boat of one of his boats, brings a brandy bottle, and while he's super hammered, he tries to shoot himself in the head. It hits the bone of his forehead and just kind of blasts him back into the water. He doesn't, like, die at all. He regains consciousness, gets back in the boat, takes a speedboat back to Sydney Harbor and drives erratically until like the water police come and chase him down and are like, dude, you have to come with us. So Reginald is like, fine, I'll spill the tea. Here we go. (laughs) Patrick Brady shows up at my house late one night holding Jimmy Smith's arm. And then he's like, I'm going to blackmail you if you don't pay me 500 pounds right now. I'm going to tell people you're a bad dude and you killed Jimmy Smith. And then Brady explains how Holmes did kill Jimmy. He said he dismembered his body, placed his parts in a trunk that he tossed into Gunamata Bay. 
at the time was referred to as a quote <laughs> Sydney sendoff in crime circles twenties and thirties because that vast part of the uncharted ocean was a super popular place to just dispose of bodies. Yep. So the left no, arm that's though that's amazing. He uh obviously kept so there was no mistaking who it was because he showed Reginald the tattoo. Holmes is like, oh, my God, okay, fuck you. You're psycho. Here's 500 pounds. Please get away from me. And he's like, cool, and just, like, tosses the arm into Reginald's house. And Reginald is like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what do I do with this arm? And so he goes to Marubra. While it's still dark, and just tosses the arm into an ocean. From that point, a small shark ate the arm. And then that, arm, that shark was eaten by the giant tiger shark. So. Yes, oh, my God. Yes. of sharks. Yes, it's a turducken so of bullshit. Nine days after the murder is when Bert and his son fish the shark out of the ocean and put it on display um after spilling his guts to the police (laughs) spilling his guts uh reginald agreed to be a witness into jimmy smith's death death that was to be held soon after that but the morning it was supposed to happen reginald was found dead in his car with three bullets in his chest he was parked under the harbor bridge and people speculated that either Holmes himself paid a hitman to do it to him because he couldn't kill himself in the first place. Or they think that Brady ordered the mm-hmm. hit and other business associates that knew all about uh, Reginald's bullshit and what could come out. We're like, yeah, we'll help with this. And so they think Brady and some other dudes paid for the hit. Either way, without Reginald's witness against Brady and the fact that they still never had a body, they couldn't fucking convict him. And Brady ends up getting off completely free. No one's ever charged in the deaths. And until Patrick Brady died in 1965 he said he never had anything to do with either of it and at the very end of all this shark puking arm murder jimmy smith was later discovered to have been a police informant so and also could have been related to that oh all right well they learn I know, you know sometimes you know if you're go to sharks. like maybe chopping up That's the body and throwing of. it away doesn't always work like you but it did technically kind of it, it kind of works yeah i mean anyways i was well. very excited when i found that story <laughs> I, the like, I'm going to Google what it looks like because is... I can't. I can't fathom it. 
for like what it yeah, takes. For sure. I mean, they seem like one way creatures, you know? Wait, did yes, we cover they if did the, after if the, the horse? It if the shark up an arm, died, the police were like, yeah, they killed it. I mean, honestly, it was probably going to die because they were trying they to kill it, it in an aquarium, anyways. Yeah, he was a witness, but they did yeah, kill the shark because they wanted to open it up and see if there was any more body parts in it. And there weren't just that one severed arm. Just the one. So, yeah. yeah. I guess when you do kill someone, chop them up and well, just throw them in a lake because then there's zero chance of the shark eating it whole. Yeah. Yeah, you're just gonna get like who even noticed six that? piranha coughing up one finger Not me. Yeah. at a time. <laughs> Nobody. Everybody's like, ah, oh, just a finger coughing just piranha again. Any aquatic thing throwing up is fucking me up. Oh cool. yeah, I've seen. A- well, I've seen a goldfish like yeah, like I can't imagine it there. heaving. But that's not the no. same. Yeah. How does it up. do yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, God. Does it need to be at the, if it's a, does a dolphin do it? Does I mean, it need to be at the surface to get blowhole but... air? Yeah. I mean, it... yeah. But like if dolphins or whales do. Yeah, but they're mammals. They got a whole different thing going on with that. I still don't want them throwing up. That weirds me out. I don't want anybody throwing up. Yeah, that's chum. Like if a shark throws up, if that that shark had been in like a well state of being, it would have been like you know, like when a dog throws up, like a whole hot dog, and then just eats it again. Like I think that's exactly what happened. Just I mean, technically it didn't. Just like, was sad I guess it didn't get a chance to chew on it. it and get, the shark you know, that had the arm, the shark around the arm was broken it ate the down. The shark that had the arm. The arm was preserved. I don't know why mm. she swallowed the mm. arm. Mm. I guess she'll die. Well, <laughs> thanks for listening, y'all. Maybe by the time this comes out, oh. uh, things in the country will be a little better, but. I doubt it. Uh, while we were oh, yeah. talking, uh, the Capitol Police Chief resigned. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's a shock. Pence said he's not going to use the 25th Amendment. So, that's I mean, not so what? Yeah. Now the so, House I mean, is going to impeach the president every 10 again. Minutes, there's news. They c- I mean, but what good does it do? If the other side, they could. If the other side's not into it, then like there's it doesn't do shit. But Makes us feel whatever. better. Makes Trump the only another to be you know twice. mark on his report. That's, card. A, that's a good trivia answer. His presidential report mm-hmm. card. Exactly. Yeah, it goes on his permanent record. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's gonna make him real. It's gonna make it really hard for him to get back into work. If he wants well, to yeah. agree with actual grades, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, all I know is that was a show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm gonna go watch this Animaniacs video now fifty times. Bye bye.
Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Oh, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs>